Right then, today I'm going to discuss online training versus live workouts. I'm going to talk about the pitfalls and the crazy scramble from gyms, coaches and fitness instructors all around the world, basically, to move to online coaching. So I actually wrote a post on this and it just felt a bit too negative and I wrote, I did something for my story and I kind of deleted it last minute and I was probably thinking too much, to be honest. It just felt a bit negative because I understand why people want to move and do random exercises and jump around with Joe Wicks and stuff and it, it is good, it is better than nothing. But in a lot of cases, we can do better especially if we're paying for it or if we're coaches who are listening to this and we're giving out that information or that program or that random workout we should think about what we're giving out and why and how that person's going to take it and whether they're, they're fit and able to handle those demands and those exercises or even comprehend what we're giving them in terms of form and stuff like that so first off then i've done online training for a little bit but it has been a back burner my main focus has been PT one to one, my group training, my glute program with females, and also powerhouse in team, which we do boot camps and indoor gym memberships. So it has been a real back burner. I'm not approaching this as some online expert, but I've done a bit and I quite enjoy it. But it is a totally different kettle of fish. One thing I do find is clients seem to open up a bit more in the early days. So in one to one in person training, it takes a bit of a while to build a rapport. Maybe that's just me because I'm quite introverted. I don't know. With the Zoom calls and the Skype calls, I do find people open up a bit more. And that surprised me because I thought it would I thought that we would run out of things to say quite early on and it would get a bit boring. And people dive a bit deeper when we're not on the gym floor. So you find out the real why behind people getting in shape. You find out people's like barriers and stuff like that. The way I approached it then was mainly through True Coach. So I would write a program out and if it was an obscure exercise, I could link a video from the library on True Coach. Or quite often, if it if the video is a bit crap or basic or not the way I would coach it in a gym, I would search out videos. And I could even film my own from YouTube and link them to the app. So the person gets the workout on the phone. It's all laid out, sets, reps, tempo, any specific advice I give. And there's also a video if they don't know the exercise. And also, I get feedback. So that was a bit too heavy. Or I was tired from this. Or my back hurt, so I did this instead. And I can correct and adapt the program as we go and they send progress pictures in and I test and adjust from there and we do the regular check-ins and I never once thought about doing Skype calls uh, sorry, live Zoom calls where I literally correct in person in real time and when the gyms were forced to close because of the government's announcement uh, a powerhouse we decided to pivot so all our small group PT model uh, gym members, sorry decided, well mainly, to stick with us which we're grateful for and we went for a Zoom model. And when the idea suggested, I refused to be negative, but I was very sceptical. I thought we would become cheerleaders and we just shout motivational slogans at them and hope they did it. But it's actually very clear. It's quite responsive and you're able to coach. You know, if the client sets the phone up in the right area or the living room or outside, you can actually see quite a lot and correct quite a lot. And you can turn mics off if you need to, which I've not needed to yet, if there's a bit too much chatter. It didn't feel like a social. I actually asked the members, you know, how was it? Did it feel like a real session? They said, yeah, just like in a gym. Not too much of a social. They went, no, it was brilliant. And I was actually correcting form. I was actually watching reps. I was policing tempo. You know, I had set time, time on my watches and stuff like that for the finishes. And it felt surprisingly good. So I was sceptical. I understand why people are. What 
I still pre-plan the session. Uh, me, Daz and Josh at Powerhouse will have meetings about how to run it and program it. And I do see a lot of random workouts on Instagram. And again, I did this podcast actually because I've just seen a post from from Nick. I think he's next UP trainer. And I've followed him on Instagram for quite a while. He's done a brilliant podcast I listened to. It was really useful with Chris Knott. So a little shout out to that podcast. Uh, but basically, he, he just put a post out saying we, we still need structure. We still need progressive overload. We still need rest days. And, and there's a lot of just randomness going around. So every influencer with a couple of million followers is just posting, you know, he's a workout with my dog. And again, given the times, we can allow it. But if we're paying for it, I think you should be getting better. If you've got an injury history, I think you should do your homework. If you're about to pay someone, I think you should do your homework. Again, I'm not the expert on this, but it is something I have done. But there's much better out there. Go and see Nick, ask him a question. I don't want this to be a sales pitch, but th- that was his point. It's, there's a lot of just just do jumping squats because they're harder than normal squats and it's going to make you tired. Do burpees because it's going to make you tired. Do mountain climbers, jumping lunges. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with these exercises in isolation or when the volume is managed. But when the whole workout is just burpees, walkouts, lunges, endless squats, there's not much of a structure. There's not much coaching. It's just, it's more like a dictator just just sitting on a sofa telling you to do endless reps. And we can do better as coaches and we can do better as clients or potential clients or gym members. So everyone's doing this now. It's not just online coaches. It's your, your local gym is now online. Your local yoga instructor is now online. Your local box fit instructor is now online. And I think a lot of coaches and gyms are going to get found out for the level of service. So I don't just sit down and watch what people do. If anything, I was I was demonstrating quite a lot. I was actually like crouched over a lot and I was laying down to show the stretch. And it is still coaching. It has to still be coaching if they're paying for it. Now, someone like Joe Wicks, he's going to do the jumping around in your living room stuff. And it's brilliant because it's getting the kids moving. You know, it, it's getting some of my friends moving because they're doing it with the kids. And as far as I know, that's free and it's brilliant. And at the same time, he's not daft. People are going to go buy his books. The parents will buy his books. But it is a nice touch. And he probably feels good doing it. But if if what you're paying for is classed as coaching or personal training or anything like that, and it looks exactly like what Joe Wicks is doing for free, then you've got to question what you're doing. So if I've got an overweight client who's new to exercise and I just give a load of jumping lunges, you know, loads of mountain climbers, loads of burpees, endless squats, and I'm not correcting the form, or there's just too many reps and she can't rec- recover from the volume and she can't adapt, then how long is that going to last till she gets an issue, gets an issue or an injury or imbalances and stuff like that? And it, it's if I'm just programming it, and not really coaching it, then these issues will be compounded over time. So nobody's expecting these restrictions to be lifted anytime soon. So you might get away with a week of crap programming, you might get away with a month of crap programming, but you can get away with thousands and thousands of crap squats and stuff like that. So we need to be more creative. I mean, I'm not going to name people because I'm not that negative, but there's a, a quite a popular coach and you know who makes a lot more money than me and has a great physique and a lot more sport and experience than me. But I did look at the program that was put out, and it and it it was nonsense. I was just looking at it and think, it was mountain climbers, some abs, you know, some burpees, some abs, some jumping lunges, some abs, some jumping squats, some abs. And I was thinking, what's the structure to that workout? So we still want to hit the basic movement patterns. So it doesn't have to be the most complex thing in the world. It could just be you push something. 
So we could break it down in more depth, but either way, we need to push something. Could be a press up, an overhead press, banded press, you know, shoulder press with two litre bottle of water or whatever household random things you've got lying around or a plate press. We've got to do a form of pull. Now, this is the tricky one. If you haven't got any imagination or if you haven't got any kind of knowledge of coaching, it's a bit tricky because you think, well, I haven't got a TRX, I haven't got any weights, so I'm knackered. But we can do renegade rows, we can do dorsal raises, prone cobras, reverse flies. You know, you can do things with bands and plates and dumbbells if you've got them. But there's always a way of working the back. Most people already work the anterior side, so the chest, the shoulders, the triceps. Most people are already dominated in that area anterior dominant so we know how to work our quads we know how to do squats we know how to do press-ups or for the, for the most people do anyway but we often do too much of it what we're very crap at as a society is, is training the posterior chain so your glutes your hamstrings your lats you know rhomboids things like this basically all the rear side that's the tricky bit without kit that you've got to think a little bit but it shouldn't be neglected just because you have no kit there's ways of doing it and then we've got to do lunges and we've got to do squats. And if we can, we've got the space, you do carries or gait, you might call it. You know, we want to do rotation and anti-rotation. So we want to work on stability like planks. We might do side planks. We want to do some multi-directional movement or multi-plane movement. So reverse lunges, lateral lunges, things like that. Level changes like step-ups. But there should be some form of structure. There really should be, whether it's body weight or not. And then progressive overload then is really important. So if you're going to do 12 weeks of this or f- six weeks or however long this lasts till commercial gyms are closed, you're going to have to apply some form of structure. So progressive overload is often thought of thought of is solely adding weight to the bar. So you do a bench press with, for 30, next week you do 35, then do 40, maybe it slows down when you do 42.5 and you think you've stalled because you've not added weight. Now, if you haven't got access to that weight, we can still progressively overload to stimulate progress, but we might have to focus on time under tension. So you might do a squat with a four-second eccentric. So I'm going to spend four seconds coming down, maybe put a pause in, do that for a couple of weeks. I might do more reps of that, or I might go to five seconds. I might go to six seconds. You know, I might put a four-second pause in and a four-second descent. You know, there's no rules to it, really. We can keep manipulating tension manipulating tempo manipulating reps volume sets supersets there's a lot of different ways we can do it but there's still a structure and there's still a measure of progress so you can see that you're getting stronger that you're you're developing muscular endurance or whatever it is or you can handle more volume if i just give you endless reps or max reps or as many as you can do often you won't get that you're just making yourself tired so we need to measure something we need something quantifiable we need to progressively overload. And if you've got weights, brilliant, use it. So there's plenty of ways we can do it. So we just got to get creative and we can do better as coaches and we can do better as clients. So progressive overload is like the, the key main factor, if you like. You've got time under tension. You've got like advancing an exercise technically. So progressions and regressions, we call them. So if you've mastered the squat and you've got no weight and you've done the slow reps, we can do split squats. We can do single leg squats, pistol squats. You know, all kinds of squats. You can go from an, an RDL with with weight, if you've got it, into a single leg RDL. So less weight is needed. So you're not going to kind of run out of weights if you have got them. Or you can find things around the house. So what did what Nick did also cover, which I quite liked, was this is a good opportunity to work on your mobility, to work on 
on your planes of movement, so like moving left and right and stuff like that. Because a lot of us go to a gym, we sit on a treadmill, oh sorry, we get on a treadmill, we run in a straight line forward, we jump on the bench press, we lift a weight above our head. It, it's all very one-dimensional. So when you ask someone to do a lateral lunge, often the coordination and balance and proprioception's off and it feels weird and awkward. And reverse lunges feel a bit awkward and we're very crap at pulling things towards us, but we're going to push them. So we develop these imbalances and these suboptimal movement patterns because there's missing links. There's there's holes in our training, if you like. Now, all the spare, spare time gives you an opportunity to improve your mobility. You know, whether it's yoga, Pilates, or just basic stretching on the morning to kind of get yourself opened up and mobilised, especially if you're sitting down a lot at home, which a lot of us are at the minute. It's an opportunity an opportunity to master the basic movement patterns so a lot of people go to a gym they chuck loads of weight on the back even though they can't do a basic goblet squat they can't do a single leg rdl you know they can't do a proper hinge but they'll do deadlifts so this is your opportunity especially if you get injured quite a lot to strip everything back and just master the basics and again this is not a sales pitch like feel free to instagram me if you want me to talk about the movement patterns more in depth or you want to send me a little video and just coach coach something or correct something ask if this is right or you want me to send you a little basic workout or something like that. i don't mind doing that i've got time on my hands i'm not going to charge for little daft things and little little tidbits of advice and there's a lot of good coaches who put things out on a regular basis and it's not me i don't put that much content out to be honest but there's tutorials and videos you know go on youtube put progressions regressions of a squatting put in uh, the seven movement patterns in on google and, and do your own work a little bit like get a little bit more knowledge so maybe you don't need a coach in future or maybe you, you can maintain results on your own after hiring a coach or whatever it is. But I just don't think you should be paying one-on-one PT prices for your PT to sit in the living room and just make you do endless burpees. Now, I'm not a massive fan of burpees, but I do them. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really against you know lunges and stuff like that, but I think if your program's just based on things that make you tired, then it's not really a program. It's not really coaching. It's not really progressive. It's just I'm paying a guy or a girl to make me tired and then I'll say, oh my God, they're a brilliant PT because I was sore the next day. The goal isn't to make you sore. The goal is to make you better. So we're trying to stimulate, not annihilate. Any coach in the world can annihilate you or any trainer can annihilate you. Any boot camp instructor can annihilate you. But coaching is different because it needs to be gradual. It can't go from zero to 60 mile an hour. It has to be incremental it has to be coached well it has to be structured and just while i'm quickly on it you know with your running as well don't be just i see a lot of runners out at the minute who wouldn't normally go running because they didn't like it they're not suited to it it's not their favorite choice of cardio i did a whole podcast on this but it's a bit more specific now with the gyms closing so it was a bit of a push towards weight training it was about getting in shape to then run rather than running to get in shape but all I'm going to touch on is, if you've gone from sitting on the set, maybe going to the gym a few times, to running five days a week, you're probably going to end up with some knee pain, foot pain, some lower back issues, some shin splints, because you're not adapted to the conditions of running. So you need to condition your body. So try and, if you're going to go for a run on Monday, try and go for a walk Tuesday, do some sprints on Wednesday, just try and stagger it a bit so you're not running, running, running every day, long, slow runs like a crap jogging pace where you go forever but you don't really actually run because you'll develop imbalances, you'll have a crap stride pattern, you'll end up with some niggly injuries because you've just done too much. You know, we don't lift weights every single day, we don't run every single day. It's about a balanced approach. 
Uh, so I've got a theory that most people are going to stop listening to podcasts and listen to a lot more, sorry, watch a lot more videos because less people are driving, less people are working. So if you have listened to this and you found it useful, let me know. If not, I'll probably stop making them while everyone's on lockdown, if you like, and I'll probably focus more on videos. Uh, as always, if you found it useful, don't be shy to share it. I do appreciate it. And as always, thanks for listening.